This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Born Geo coming to you live from Bill Ford Top Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. So I'm going to say this again because when Aaron Rodgers said that there's a time limit on this stuff, he said that to Brandon Marshall on Saturday, there's a time limit, stay tuned. It has to be before noon today or, well, I guess it doesn't have to be for him to make a decision, but if he does not, he's screwing two teams over royally. Now, he could have already agreed to come to the Jets and to modify his contract. But we and, would have known that, right? Well, well, no, you wouldn't have because, you know, everybody could be, you know, requesting privacy and, you know, not, not saying anything to anybody, not giving anybody any sort of, you know, feeder. You know, you don't want to see Ian Rappaport or Schefter or any of those yeah. guys jumping out in front of all this. So they're trying to keep this thing in, in-house and keep it as tight as they possibly can. Uh, the machinations of which the Green Bay Packers have to go through to unwind from his contract and the cap hits that they will end up taking. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that is going on here. And again, this is why when Woody Johnson went out there with Christopher Johnson and Joe Douglas and Rob Sala and Nathaniel Hackett, they also brought, you know, cap guy. Yeah. yeah I mean, the cap guy, because they had to explain, I think, to Aaron, like, in order to make this work for us, this is what we have to do and what you have to do with Green Bay. And, you know, there are two sets of scenarios. You know, one is if Aaron Rodgers, you know, retires and then the dead cap hit that hits uh, Green Bay is significant. And the other scenario is if he wants to continue to play for them or for the Jets. And if he does play for the Jets, he has to modify his contract. And there also could be a post June first designation, but they're not really they're not really they're trading him. They're not cutting him. But even if they traded him after June first, supposedly as I'm reading this, there's no compensation that comes along with that. Really? So that's after why, June first? Yeah, so that's why I believe that it's gotta be a designated before June first so they can receive compensation in return for his services. It, this thing this this salary cap and the way that they writ, wrote wrote the contract for him last year. Yeah. Is mind-boggling. I have never seen something, probably for those who live in the world of the salary cap, it's probably easy to understand and kind of unwind from. But for those of us who sit on the periphery and try to figure this stuff out, I mean, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking when they wrote this contract. So you like Mike Flegelman. You feel like he's locked in, right? Overnight producer yes. Mike Flegelman. Yeah. Work with him on the sports minutes. He's a big Jets fan. Yeah. So he was talking to CeeLo this morning as I was driving in. Flegelman and CeeLo. Flegelman and CeeLo. And Flegelman came up with a, a scenario that only a Jets fan could come up with because their brain has been corrupt with so many negative things over the years. <laughs> All right. But tell yes. me if you think that this is realistic. 
that Aaron Rodgers does not want to play for the Jets, but he does want to play next year. And he also does not want to play for the Green Bay Packers. And he's got the leverage because the the contract situation that you just talked about. And he can go to them and say, I know you're not going to trade me to an NFC team. or That's what you've said. But I can make your life a living hell. And you're going to have to send me to the team that I want to go to. Because your choice is either have me play quarterback again for you, which you don't want. Or have me sit on the bench for $60 million. Or you trade me exactly where I want to go. You know, I think if I'm, I think if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I want to do right by Green Bay and I want to leave but and go stand with the fan base, I do. I do believe. I, I think that is the thing here. I think there's no question uh, that they're going through, uh, you know, the separation anxiety that comes along with somebody who's been there for 18 years. You know, like Tom Brady didn't have to go through this. Yeah. I mean, he got himself to become a free agent. So he made the decision himself. Yeah. And basically, the way he couched it was, "Well, they don't want me, so I'm leaving." I mean, I, this, I mean, it, it's so ridiculous when it gets to this point. You know, if he wants to continue his career and he wants to play for a good team and a good team that obviously is extremely excited about having him, and the fan base is excited about having him, and the players are excited about having him, then this is a place for him to get re-energized and reinvigorated to come and play quarterback. So that's why. I think that this, I think it's a fait accompli. It's just a matter of unwinding from all this contractual yeah. nonsense. And I've been saying from the beginning that him wanting to play here and wanting to come here was something I could never wrap my mind around. So that's what's worrying me about this from the Jet perspective. But does he want to do right by Green Bay? Because, you know, they drafted his replacement. He was mad about that. They ended up not bringing in players that he wanted to in the draft or getting rid of friends of his, and he was annoyed about that. They are now moving on from him at yeah. this point where he still wants to play. We're assuming he still wants to play. And he's always been a guy who has taken things personally, and he's got a little bit icy relationship with the organization the last couple of years. It, does he really want to do right by them, or does he want to go where he wants to go? You know, I see, I see to the point where he gets a MVP two out of the last three years. So, I, I, again, I just think that, you know, unwinding from all of this and trying to understand the ramifications of him leaving Green Bay, whether it be via trade or retire. If he, I think if he retires, I think it's even worse of a hit against uh, Green Bay. Well, I think he wants to play. It's just, does he want to play for the Jets? Yeah. That's really the thing we're waiting again, for. Again, you know, his girlfriend's father has a house here, and uh, I think that there is a... Fuck, it's New York. It's the Jets. It's uh, an opportunity for, you know, to me, especially with a young, energetic team and a, and a really good defense, to me, it makes it's, it's a no-brainer. It just looks too obvious. Now, if it doesn't happen by noon today, and there's free agents flying all over the place because the tampering period starts, which is essentially the start of free agency, at noon today, and Aaron Rodgers still hasn't made a decision. Now, well, you, know, you know what I think? I think the Jets know. I think the Jets know what the, the number is going to be and what the cap hit is going to be. I think they know that. And I think they're going to under, I think they'll operate underneath that, that kind of situation. And if something happens where at the last minute all things go to hell, then they'll have to change and they'll have to go plan B. Which is what at this point? What is plan B now? Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, Lamar Jackson. What is the, what is plan uh, it's B? It's not going to be Lamar Jackson. That's for sure. It could be Jimmy Garoppolo, but then Jimmy Garoppolo will have a number of suitors for him. Oh, God. But he won't, I, he won't be nearly as expensive. 
as as Aaron Rodgers is. But I, I, I again, I don't even know why I'm talking about this other than the fact that I do believe that Aaron Rodgers is like I said, it's a fate of complete that he's here and he's coming, and it's just a what matter. What makes you so confident though? Because no, nobody's as confident as you about this, and obviously you would know better than us. But I just. You seem so unbelievably confident that it because Aaron Rodgers is such a wild card. Yes, that you have no idea what he's thinking at any point of any day, but you feel like he's coming to the Jets and he wants to be here. I, I think this is his opportunity to continue playing. And other than San Francisco, I can't think of a better team that you could go to if you were a quarterback and you could decide where you want to go than the Jets right now. Well, what if he does want to go to San Francisco? I mean, what if he decides to send me to the 49ers? I mean, what are the Packers going to do? They're going to have to pay him. He's under contract. Well, it's interesting. The Packers do have a say in this because of the way that it impacts their salary cap. Just so you understand. They do have a say in it. Yeah. So it's the quarterback is driving it, as I told you two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. He is driving it 100%. And I believe that if an owner of a football team gets on his private jet and flies out there to go see him, they're not going out there to have tea. Even though I'm sure Woody Johnson loves to have tea in the afternoon. <laughs> of course, with his time over uh, overseas. Yeah, okay. But didn't they go over there to try to convince him to be a Jet? And and maybe they didn't. I think they needed to tell him, this is uh, exactly what we need to do. This is exactly what we want to pay you. And this is how we can really build a roster around you. And I think the fact that you know Woody has already spent money this weekend on three different contracts... And probably will spend more money on some other contracts before this whole thing is over with. Yeah. Uh, and also give Aaron Rodgers a nice contract. You know, he's putting his money where his mouth is. I don't care what anybody says. You can say whatever you want about Woody Johnson. He is putting his money where his mouth is. No, without a doubt. And he he's had it. He feels like he's got a team right now that can really compete, even though the AFC is stacked and he's not messing around. And you got to love that if you're a Jets fan. Even if you don't like Woody and you've had a problem with him, you got to love what he's doing right now. You know what's amazing to me? I, I was just thinking about this the other day. So Frank Reich gets fired on November 7th, I think. Mm-hmm. And here we are four months later. So talking to him, you know, right after getting fired, it's like getting cut or, you know, a team telling you they don't want you. You know, it's, it's, it stings. It hurts. So, you know, he goes to Carolina, he's got a house down there, you know, he's got grandkids down there and everything else. And, you know, he's miserable. And he's trying to figure out what his next move is going to be. Is it going to be an offense coordinator move? Is he going to stay? Is he going to retire? All of that kind of stuff. And literally four months later, he is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, hires an incredible staff, and now has the number one pick in the freaking draft. Well... I mean, think about the four months that mm-hmm. he's had. Sure. No, four it's, months. It's been a total whirlwind. I mean, well, think about the four months that the Jets could have. I mean, the, the, this is how quickly things change in the NFL. You go back to November, this was a team that was competing. You felt like it was going to go to the playoffs. And then now, all of a sudden, they fall out of the playoffs. Uh, and they're Aaron Rodgers' favorites to land, you know, to land Aaron Rodgers. It's like, well, think about that. I mean, it's a, that's pure insanity as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, you know, that's got to be the biggest story, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, what, Aaron, you talk about Aaron Rodgers? got to be the yeah. biggest story. I mean, the enormity of the player, it's kind of like Justin Verlander coming to the Mets. Oh, well, this is, I mean, this would be way bigger than that. 
Way better than that. Justin Verlander's, you know, one Cy Young's of one World Series and one of the great pitchers of his era. Here you're talking about one and one of the great pitchers of all time. Yeah. And here you go, you got one of the great quarterbacks of all time and one of the great quarterbacks of his era. There's five starting pitchers. (laughs) There's one quarterback. And nobody influences a team more in pro sports than the quarterback. Maybe maybe the goalie. Uh, Yeah. But quarterback's still, still more. Uh, Richie's in Franklin Square. What's up, Richie? Hey, Boomer. Hey, Gio. I got to tell you, I, I agree with you 100% about uh, Woody Johnson looking to open up the money train and because it's the Steve Cohen effect. He sees what New York wants. He sees that they'll get behind a guy who spends and builds a team and has a shot of going out and winning. That's all we want. And I'm telling you, I think Rogers is coming here, too. Uh, I'll be I'll be crushed if he doesn't, because then I gotta listen to the judge stink for another year. Yeah, I mean this I'll is gonna you. be. Yeah, listen, Richie. If, if he if he decides not to come here, this is every person that doesn't like the Jets in the tri-state area is gonna be doing what you've heard for years and years and years. Same old Jets, laugh in the face, only the Jets, all that stuff. I mean, and it's gonna be horrible for the Jets fan because that's what they're feeling right now. They're feeling like this is not going to happen. I mean, I, I think that most Jets fans are, like, more negative than positive on this because they can't get to the fact they that... They just want the answer. Well, That's yeah. really what they want. And, and usually you know, they're not used to good news. You know, right? it's, it's easy. I'm just telling you. I mean, just reading... Uh, I mean, just reading all the different, like, situational stuff in regards to Aaron's contract and how it ends in Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a nightmare. So that's what you think is holding this up, not Aaron Rodgers making a decision. Right, and you know, the, he, there are two teams that need to know going into free agency what the situation is. Now, the thing about it is, right now as we sit here, Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers on their salary cap for $31 million. He is still on their team. He's still their starting quarterback. And he has one of these roster bonuses coming up. Mm-hmm. So when does that hit? Uh, let's see. I mean, like, soon? This month? There's a $58.3 million option bonus attached to his 2023 compensation. It's, uh, and his compensation for 2023 is $59.5 million. Why the hell did they sign him to this deal if this was going to happen the now, next year? This will be delayed until Green Bay understands how things move forward. Okay. Well, obviously. But I mean, why? They because they why? Because they want a decision. This is going to force a decision. No, but what I'm saying was the the contract that they gave him at the end of last year guaranteed 150 million dollars. But and now all of a sudden it's completely falling apart. Well, he would have to. He would. He, and he even said, don't you remember? He even yeah, yeah. said that he knew that he was going to have to modify the contract. Yeah, but I'm just thinking from the Packers' perspective, <laughs> if they were this ready to move on from him, you tell me last year changed everything for them. Like seriously, that like last year changed. I know. I think. I think last year they got to this contract because they got tired of dealing with it. Only won two MVPs in a row. Right. Exactly. So paying for that. If you've ever been out the Lambeau Field, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers rebuilt that entire stadium and that entire area to redo the Green Bay Packers into the franchise franchise they are today. Mike's in New Jersey. What's up, Mike? Hey guys, how you doing? Great show already. Um, just want to make a comment on Aaron Rodgers. That's a team that nobody's really mentioned in the Aaron Rodgers rumors, although they were mentioned highly in the Lamar Jackson. Is the Atlanta Falcons? They got a great offense. They got Algier, Pitts, and Drake. Some three young good players. They got a sixty-six million to spend. Uh, 
salary cap money that I'm sure they're going to put a lot of that towards that defense. Um, and, and if you put him in the NFC South, I mean, I mean, other than Derek Carr, I mean, they might be a guarantee to win the NFC South. Yeah, there's only one thing about that, Mike, and that's the NFC. And I don't think Green Bay wants to send him to an NFC team. That's he, the thing. Like, I, If he comes to the Jets, the Packers and the Jets don't play each other for the next three years. Right. So they'll never see him unless both teams get to the Super Bowl. But Aaron Rodgers could force the Packers' hand and say, I want to go to this NFC team or I'm going to make your life a living hell. That's something that could happen. He could show up at training camp. They say, we're moving on from Jordan Love, sort of what Brett Favre did to get himself out of there. Well, all I know is that Aaron Rodgers' decision will be coming soon. Yeah. It has to because he's got to give both of these teams an opportunity to, you know, pivot. It's pivot time. It's pivot time. But right now, it doesn't seem to me... Like it's pivot time. I, I, to me, I think uh, the Jets have made that their decision. It's one of the reasons why Derek Carr wasn't coming here. It's, uh, along with the fact that Zach Wilson's here, it just makes too much sense that he that he would not be coming here. I got to get Daniel in West Virginia here. What's up, Daniel? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, by the way, Boomer, you and I have the same birthday, April seventeenth. Um, my theory is the Vikings are going to get Aaron Rodgers. And you're telling me that the Green Bay Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers to the Minnesota Vikings? No, isn't Aaron Rodgers a free agent? No, just sign with them. No, 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 no. He's not going to be a free agent. No, he's they they have to trade him. Green Bay is has to trade him. They still have him under contract for two more years. Well, there goes that theory, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not a free agent. And And the Vikings had cut a bunch of guys. He was going to mention that, but they had to because the the, the cap was a mess for them. So they just absolutely had to do that. Mm -hmm. But no, he's not going to the Minnesota Vikings. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, Boomer Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco is back with us after a trip to Chicago for the Big Ten tournament. And now he's going to be at home with Rutgers uh, tomorrow night against Hofstra, one seed in the NIT. What's happening, Jerry? I'm looking for a trip to Vegas. That's what I'm looking for. That is true, yeah. (laughs) We'll see. Would you work from out there? I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. No. Two o'clock in the morning. I know we'll do it for the Super Bowl week, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. So wait, what's that? A hey, JJ's having his bachelor party out there. John Jastrzemski that same weekend, same time. Yeah. Wow, you can go hang out with JJ. 
I I'm, wasn't invited. I'm good. Oh, okay. I'm sure if he, if he would have known no. that you were out there. I, not, but I wasn't invited. No. We got loogies probably going, right? Fleegs. CeeLo. CeeLo. C-Mac, maybe? Probably. Well, both of them going to miss the show? Maybe. I don't know. Huh. I know they like Rosenberg a lot. I don't know where else they go. Rosenberg, would he go out there? Is he friends with JJ? Oh, I don't know. You know don't what? Know. They play golf all the time together. Yeah, it's a motley crew out there. Rascona right. probably be out there. It's a lot of guys. <laughs> I was going to say, is there anybody be anybody here? But then yeah. again, there's really anybody here anyway. <laughs> that is true, Jerry. Pretty quiet. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Pretty quiet. Uh, all right, what's happening at sports? We are brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Where you want to? Let's start with the football this hour okay. because you guys were just talking about Aaron Rodgers. So a couple of pieces of sound. Um, that I bring you. This was, I'm going to give you first Rogers from the I Am Athlete podcast. If this doesn't sound like he's coming here, I don't know what would, where Brandon Marshall is basically asking him about where he will live when he is here. Tribeca, Brooklyn, are you going to be in Jersey? I've never been to Tribeca before. I've been to Brooklyn. You look like a Brooklyn guy, Williamsburg. We, I, I don't know what that means. Now, that was labeled as where he would live. Maybe there was well, something else in that conversation. Like Brandon I did. I told you. Could do that, too. Absolutely. 100%. So we shall see. Maybe we get something today. We will see. Now, I found this from WIAA. This was Mark Murphy um, asked about Roger's future with the team or not. Is there a scenario where Aaron is still the starting quarterback of the Packers next season? Um, yeah, I mean, unless if things don't work out uh, the, the way we would want them, yeah, we. He's uh, obviously a great player and uh, wow. you know, four-time MVP, and uh, but you know, I think it's you know trying to find uh, you know what what he wants and what we want, and uh, hopefully we can find a win-win situation. Get out! Yeah, <laughs> That's basically, basically what he's saying. Yeah, but. It, I don't know if he means it or not, but if Aaron Rodgers wants to play for the Packers, does that mean that the Packers are going to let him play he for was the Packers? stumbling through that pretty good. Yeah, but he goes, yes, there is a scenario in which he's the starting quarterback if things don't work out the way that we want them to. Meaning we don't want him here. Yeah. See, Aaron Rodgers can't go back there after hearing that. that. I have some no self-respect. Let's go. Can't go back there. Yeah, I mean, this is the, you know, the, the PR campaign, the propaganda where... Is he leaving because he wants to leave, or is he leaving because they want him to leave? I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, sure. professional sports, things happen all the time. You know, look, Wayne Gretzky got traded. Joe Montana got traded. Mm -hmm. it, it happens. Brett Favre got traded. Tom Brady ended up with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. And that that's exactly what this reminds me of. It's him coming here like Tom Brady went to Tampa and winning another Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. That was a huge thing for Tom Brady. Absolutely. No doubt. One without him, didn't need him. But, 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 but. How has Bill Belichick done since Tom Brady's no, left? If so your good. contract was up here, and you said, listen, I'm not doing a show until we have a new contract. And someone said, there's another station that wants him, said to Spike, what do you want to do? And you got a response like that, would you want to come back here? Well, you got to understand, there, there are many factors in play. There's a lot of nuance in play. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't call him that. <laughs> no, I would never do that. But I'm just saying, there's a lot of like nuance in this in this thing. That's I we, we we don't see and we don't feel it because we're just sitting here waiting for it to happen. I agree. But for everybody that's involved, and for 18 years, and for history, and for experience, and for you know all the success that Aaron has had there, I mean, it's not an easy thing just to say, you know, I want to get up and leave, and, and I'm getting out of here. You know, he's playing like the PR game. They both are. 
But eventually, we know it's going to happen, and, and they should just move on from each other and just get this thing going. So everybody has an answer as to what the impact on their salary caps are going to be. And instead, we wait and wait and wait. Um, you've got the Jets signing see. linebacker Quincy Williams to a three-year deal, said to be worth $18 million. He can make more with incentives. And it looks like one year for Sterling Shepard with the Giants, Jalen Ramsey going from the Rams to the Dolphins. I'm going to give you one more from Derek Carr over the weekend as he did his introductory press conference in New Orleans. Just tell me, it's 18 seconds, just tell me if you pick up on the same thing I did. Uh, he's talking about, well, New Orleans, the land of Archie Manning. We know that. Okay, fine. So he has had conversations with the family. So Peyton texted me. Um, we obviously played Peyton for years, you know, when he was in Denver and all that. Um, and then uh, the Pro Bowl this past, you know, he was, my, he was my head coach for the Pro Bowl, which was awesome. Um, and then uh, he texted me Archie's number and Cooper, his brother. Um, and I'll, I'll end up reaching out to Cooper, too. Obviously, they know this area way better than I do. Why? Cooper? <laughs> yeah, you really don't need Cooper in the mix for well, any of this. That's where Cooper lives. Wow. You see, the, uh, wow. you know, Peyton lives in Denver. I feel like Cooper Eli gets forced here. <laughs> yeah, right. you're right. He's like, he gets forced in those Caesars commercials. Nobody really wants yeah, nobody, him around. Nobody's for Hey, J.B. Smoove wants him around. I can tell you that. Cooper's his favorite. Hey, but uh, Cooper's <laughs> making a lot of money, and plus his son is going to get a lot of dough right Well, that's, that's that the is true. Yeah. yeah. Understood. Yeah, but that Cooper lives there, and Archie and, you know, they, and Olivia still live there. Okay. So that's why. Basketball last but night. Then again, the men, the men, has got their hands and everything. Of right? course they do. Yeah. Oh, funny. Uh, Knicks in L.A. for the second time in about uh, 30 hours or so. They lose to the Clippers Saturday. Sunday night, they take down the Lakers. Randall driving. Throws the ball cross court. Barrett's got it. Three-pointer, R.J. Barrett. Oh, good. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, Shot clock was about to expire. Yeah, 10-point lead with five minutes to go. Lakers in serious trouble. <laughs> John Ireland. You know what's uh, good about RJ last night Lakers and watching radio. some of these highlights is that he was going to the basket. Yeah, aggressive. Yes. Going to the basket, man. Where he's at his best. That's where Capo Caco needs to get into the middle of the ice. Go to the basket? Go go to the net. Oh, go to the net, yes. Get in the middle of the ice already. Well, he's 30 points last night. Knicks beat the Lakers 112-108. 33 for Julius Randle, who enjoyed playing against D'Angelo Russell. Those two uh, teamed up back in the day in L.A. We used to compete a lot in practice, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. uh, we used to compete in everything, video games. You know, we were growing up as kids here. So, uh, you know, nine years later, eight years later, whatever it is, to be back on this court, uh, you know, battling out again was fun. And that was Randall on ESPN with the win. The Knicks 40-30 and 30 as they snap a three-game losing streak. As for the Nets, they were in Denver taking on... Uh, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets tight game down the stretch. So much so, Denver had the ball down two in the closing second or two. Gordon inbounding. Lobby Jokic out of the wing. Turns a three for the win. No good. Off to the right. Jokic misses a three. And the Nets win in Denver. And that was Chris Carino with the goal. That was a ridiculous shot. That's the best shot they could get off. Well, they only had one second. So it was really a catch-and-shoot situation, like 1.3 or something like that. They didn't have a whole lot of time to do much. I mean, for one second, getting it to your best player, getting the shot off is not so bad. The, the, the possession prior to that for Denver, he had a really good look on one of those patented fadeaways he yeah. has. And he just missed it off to the left through a double team. 
Um, so Denver, uh, the Nets win. They had seven players in double figures, including Mikael Bridges with 25 and Spencer Dinwiddie. 15 points, 16 assists. Here's Jacques Vaughn on Dinwiddie. He's tuned in and he's turned on, Megan. And so uh, every night he's producing for us. He's learning how to play with this group. He's learning when to be aggressive, uh, when to get to the rim, uh, how to manage this group. And so far it's working as they've won five of their last six. Nick Claxton, 20 points, five rebounds. On the day, and that's 39 and 29. Meantime, the uh, Cavaliers beat the Hornets 114-108. Sixers over the Wizards 112 to 93, 34 for Joel Embiid. All right, we get to the NCAA tournament now. And so we've got a bunch of local teams in the mix here, including UConn and Iona on Friday. You got Princeton, Arizona Thursday, Fairleigh Dickinson play in game Wednesday night against Texas Southern, Alabama, Purdue, Kansas, Houston, the one seeds. Rutgers not in. They go to the NIT. Steve Pike is. <laughs> Steve Peichel said yesterday, yes, it stinks, but we still have games to play. That's the positive. I'm not apologizing for postseason play here at Rutgers, but obviously our goal at the beginning of the year is the NCAA tournament, but we'll have to shift quickly here. And they shift to Hofstra tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at Jersey Mike's Arena, a game that you will see, G, at if you show up at the arena. That'll be kind of cool. Say hello. Spring baseball. Where uh, <laughs> is it? Was it on TV? Where is it? Yeah, all these games are on ESPN, I believe. ESPNU, ESPN2. Okay. Yes. I right. think I think this one's on ESPN, but I'm not 100% sure yet. No, I think regular ESPN. Oh, it is. I'm pretty sure. Um, spring baseball, Yankees and Red Sox played with 3-3 time. That's lost to the Rays 10-4. Brandon Nimmo asked afterward, asked afterwards, how strange it is having guys not there because of the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I mean, you know, a little bit weird, but they're playing baseball. We're also getting some younger guys. Um I mean, Mauricio's really putting on a show this spring, you know, and um, showing that he wants to be in the big leagues this year and he's capable. And that's the positive. When guys leave, there's opportunity. And you're seeing on CBS Sports Network, uh, the U.S. embarrassing themselves, losing to Mexico 11-5 and making lots of mistakes. Oh, like Jeff McGill had never played baseball before. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> well, you also, even in the spring training game, and I know it's the Sun, the two center fielders for the Mets and the Rays could not track the ball because of how... Uh, how high the sun was, and they couldn't line it up properly. But look at that throw for <laughs> sure. That's going to be 100 miles an hour. Jeez. So, yeah, I'm pretty good. But, uh, yeah, the U.S. lost to Mexico 11-5. to I told you last hour that I would have some video and audio from you from college baseball games. Let's set this up. You've got New Orleans beating Mississippi Valley State 7-3 last inning. Game's essentially over. There's two outs. A 1-1 pitch is called strike two. That is a terribly low pitch on a breaking ball. So it's now 1-2 when it really should be 2-1, but that's neither here nor there. And here's how the at-bat ends. 1-2 coming. It's down. Oh, my gosh! Wow! He got rung up on ball two, and the game is over. Oh, my goodness! That is horrific! Uh, yes, that was Mississippi Valley State Radio slash TV. Here comes the strike three on television. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that's two feet to the left of the plate and in the dirt. Well, that umpire got suspended immediately by the conference. Well, he obviously did that because he was ticked off at the batter for the reaction on the other one. Uh, which was a bad call, too. It was, but he just, yeah, he just did. You know what's amazing? Did you see the catcher talking to the batter, yes. at, you know, trying to calm him down? Yes. Because that was amazing. Watch that something he shouldn't have. That, yeah, I mean, that was amazing. Yes, the, the strike three call though is just. I mean, we've seen some. It's bad Angel calls. Hernandez like. Uh, it's worse than that. This one's really bad. This hits the dirt low and away. Like how far off that is. Yeah, I mean, he's just he just games. 
You know, no. it's a four-run game at that point. He's probably just thinking, screw it. You're going to act like a jerk. I'm going to get out of here. Probably just wants to go home. If you were the other team, would you be like, I'm not late? I'm, no, we're going to finish this out? <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, I I, I take a, my hat off to the catcher or the other team just like, yeah. trying to calm the batter down. I just, oof. Yeah, it's a bad one. So, 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 so Mississippi Valley State batter, and it was the New Orleans catcher. And the New Orleans catcher kind of calmed him down. Yes. Oof. Before saying something stupid. I mean, I, I read about this. I didn't see it. Man, that that is just awful. It's worse than you actually think it would be. Yeah. And they actually suspended the umpire. Immediately. A lot, a lot of these players in pro sports say nothing ever happens to the officials with terrible calls. Well, something happened here, at least in college. What was sure that umpire did. thinking about? Well, he was ticked off at the guy showing him up, and he's just like, screw you. You're going to show me up? I'm going to call you out on a ball that's four feet off the plate. I mean, that's what he did. It's not right, but that's that's what he was thinking. Wouldn't happen if you had the automated strikes. Oh, yeah, never again. Uh, Rangers-Penguins on Sunday. This game goes to overtime as the Rangers score in the third period, but Chris Letang gets the game winner and 3-2 is the final. That having been said, the Rangers get the point. Here's Barkley Goodrow. He says that third may be a preview of the team that we can be. I think you saw by the third period. I think, you know, we're, we did a good job, and uh, yeah. Nice day off tomorrow. Rangers, a nice day off, absolutely. 37, 19, and 10. And then before I get out of here, I'll give you one from the Devils because Matt Lachlan is fired <laughs> up, as fired up should be. Now, they shut out the Hurricanes 3 nothing. Big game, as we discussed last hour. Uh, the Devils making all the right moves. Dougie Hamilton intercepts. Here's Brett for use across the line. For Brett, he's in deep in the side. He scores! He goes short side, stick side. It's 2 nothing. <laughs> you know what you see in this game is the speed of speed. the Devils. I was yes, and some of the like unique passing and the grit in front of the net, whether it be Hughes or Dawson Mercer or Jesper Brat, uh, you name it. I mean, they're, they're really good. They are, and they're few you know, there. They're fun to watch too. It'll be interesting because you know um, the Bruins lost this week to the Red Wings uh, yesterday, but the Bruins are obviously the best team in the league. But either the Hurricanes, the Devils. I'd like to put the Rangers in there, but not the way that they're playing right now. Man, it's still time be, to go to figure it, is, it out, though. It is going to be some wild Stanley Cup playoffs, for sure. And in golf, Scotty Scheffler wins the Players' Championship at Sawgrass. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network on Friday. I was talking about how excited I was to watch that MH370 documentary, the Malaysian airline that went missing, and there's all sorts of theories about it. So I watched the three episodes, and you know, when you come to the end of it, you still really don't know what happened and why. And that's why it's such it's captivated people so much. But one thing I am sure of that this plane did crash. In the South Indian Ocean. Now, people don't always agree with that, but I believe that, that it did, that it crashed in the South Indian Ocean. Now, why it did, I'm still not so sure. I still think that it was probably the pilot, but then if you look into his past, it doesn't seem like a guy that would do something like this, but there's really no other explanation that makes a lot of sense to me. But the other theories, 
Like the one of the theories is like the U.S. was involved, and all these other planes came in and they shut the shot radar down or something. Got shot down. Another one was Russian hijackers that came in and took it and crashed it in Kazakhstan, and then all cleaned up the mess because of uh, Putin and all this stuff. They but cleaned up the mess in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Was there anybody on the plane of any sort of political significance? No, but there was. Three Russians that were on this plane. That's Uh-oh. where the Russian hijacker thing came from. Okay. And then the there was cargo that apparently was suspicious that was loaded onto the plane that the people who believe the U.S. was involved, that they didn't want to get to Beijing, the U.S. They didn't want it to get to Beijing because that's where the flight was going. So that's why people thought so that... So it was a bomb? No, no, no. No, it wasn't a bomb. They're not saying that because it would have blown up in a different place. But so they, then what is the what is the thought process about the cargo? That it's something that the U.S. wanted to get their hands on. Okay. And not get to Beijing because of some sort of U.S.-China conflict thing. I don't believe that theory at all. I, I, I don't believe that one because that would have required it to crash in a totally different place. And I don't believe that. It, it crashed in the South Indian Ocean. There was some guy, too, that's just, I don't even know what he does for a living, but he's the guy who found all the wreckage. Like, he found, he went to Madagascar and found a bunch of wreckage. He went over to, it was another island somewhere, Reunion Island. He found a bunch of wreckage. And this guy found, found it all. And like, I don't understand how he was the only guy that could find it. No one else found it, but this one guy found it. And then people were thinking he was a Russian spy. <laughs> Because he spent some time in Russia, and then he was a Russian spy, and they planted this stuff, and they dis, you know dismembered a triple seven, and then like littered it on the Madagascar beach, and so this guy could find it and then prove that it, it you know that it was it's, it crashed down there when it really didn't. So there, I, I don't know. There are way too many people still making a living off of this. That that's why these conspiracies keep perpetuating. People are writing books. They go on the talk sh- circuit. They. Yep. Uh, and that's why they they just keep these things going. You're right. And there was a, an older gentleman who was a aviation expert who was very, very matter of fact in this documentary. And he said exactly that. He's like, people are writing books and this stuff is ridiculous. You got to look at the facts and see what makes the most sense. Are we ever really going to know? No, but this is what we feel pretty good about. But it's funny because any time that like something would happen that seemed like concrete evidence, there would be someone that would say that, well, there's no way that could have happened. Like wreckage washed up. And they'd be like, well, that's not real wreckage because this thing didn't match this. And there was muscles on this thing that grew and it was in the water for only X amount of time. It's like you found wreckage of a triple seven. You, you really think that the Russians dismembered a plane somewhere and scattered wreckage on the beach? Or do you think that the plane actually crashed there? And there's one guy who feel terrible. He lost his family. He was a French guy, but he's told. Did you watch this? I did. Yeah. Yeah. He's totally convinced that the U.S. is involved. Totally convinced that the U.S. shot the plane down. And it's like, come on, man. Like I know you you went through a lot, but let let's get real. This is there's one piece in there that should be either yes you can or no you can't, and it still seems fuzzy to me. From where the pilot was sitting, could he turn off the radar so he couldn't be seen? Or did he have to go into the crawl space? No, 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 you can. You can. There's uh, Because I, the one they made the argument, you'd have to go into the crawl space to do it. 
No, no, no. The, yeah, I, I believe that it's it, that you actually you can do this. And I asked my dad about this too. You can. It's right behind. The, the, there's a thing that you could pull out that's in the cockpit that you can go off of the radar. You know, it's amazing. Why is that even a thing? Why would you want to allow anybody to take anybody off a radar, especially a commercial airliner? I don't know. It's a great question. But like, think so. The pilot, if he tells the co-pilot to go in the back to get him something, locks the door decompresses the plane everybody dies and then recompresses the plane after while he's got the oxygen mask on you know that goes longer than the 15 minutes that the passengers had and then he flies for six hours with everybody dead or did he kill himself and then it just flew and then ran out of gas went to the indian ocean i don't know but I also read something, too, that came out after the documentary that said that they found a piece of wreckage that this Russian spy guy did not find, that a fisherman found in Madagascar that proves that, well, they believe that it proves that the landing gear was down when the plane crashed. And you have to manually put the landing gear down. So that means that he was alive and he put the landing gear down to make it crash into more millions of pieces because if the landing gear was down and the thing would get even worse so there's that theory too but i don't know what do you think happened <laughs> i'm with you i think it was the pilot yeah uh, yeah i mean it, it seems uh, most plausible and there's that's happened before it was a the french air guy you know crash swiss air crashed into the french alps you know he did that he just took the plane right in took out everybody with him I and mean, it's rare but it just, it seems that's the, that's the thing that makes the most sense. But I'm fascinated by it. I'm totally fascinated by it. But that French guy was, like, making me laugh. Like, everything that, like, found wreckage. The good uh, wreckage? Well, doesn't mean, don't mean anything wreckage. There's no ID on it. There's no ID. No. The, the, the plane's not there because it's not there. How much wreckage would there be if there are no other wrecks? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where did this wreckage come from? I mean... Right, there weren't any other missing 777s right. over the Indian Ocean. Right, so, right, that's but, the point. But they were saying that because there was no ID plate on the wing, and the only way that an ID plate would not be on the wing would be if someone was taking a plane apart. So they were saying that the Russians <laughs> took the plane apart and then strewn the uh, wreckage all over the Madagascar beach because that's where... They wanted you to think that the plane so crashed. So it's either the Russians or the Americans. Or the pilot. Or the pilot. Or the pilot. Chinese weren't involved? Mm, well, yes, indirectly, if you oh, believe oh. the U.S. theory. Oh, oh, okay. Because of the cargo that was going to Beijing that the U.S. didn't want to get there. What, what is the cargo? They, they had to know what the cargo was. Yeah, I, I don't know. They didn't say what the cargo was? It was... It was suspicious cargo that was electronics of some sort that they believed had sensitive information on it and they said security loaded it onto the plane under suspicious circumstances and it was not a passenger's cargo wow that's suspicious yeah it's probably what the hell knows i just it's i want to know but you're never really gonna know you're just not and then the other thing too they the flight simulator that this guy had in his house had a path that was very similar to the one that they believed were crashed in the Indian Ocean. But then they dis- discounted that. So they're like, well, no, I mean, not really, because he didn't really fly it, but he took his cursor there, and he ended up in the same place that the plane crashed. Like, did they uh, have friends of the airplane pilot? Uh, they did. They talked to the family, and the family, you know, but what is the family going to say? You know what I mean? And they, he did not, from all accounts, he did not seem like a guy that would do this, but... 
I mean, you see that all the time. You know, like Ted Bundy was a great neighbor, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but, ah. but then also, did they confirm, or was this just a rumor, that his flight simulator, he flew the same path into the Indian Ocean? Right. If he did, then that's it. And but, if he... Like, which is it? These so, are facts, aren't I know, they? I know. Well, the one guy said that uh, the guy who wrote all the books, the guy who was from New York who ended up being a kook, but he, he said that he didn't really fly it. He just took his cursor and moved it down there. So you believe what you want to believe. And the, the aviation expert who I liked, the one who was in the airplane hangar, I thought he was the most reasonable person. He was like, that. it's, it's part of the puzzle, but it's not the full puzzle. So, uh, whatever. I mean, I was a little bit annoyed at the end of it, but I still enjoyed watching it. Uh, Andrew in Westchester. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, how you doing, Joe? Joe, is your father Frank by any chance? Because I think he was my flight instructor. No, not Frank. No, all right. So, yep. anyway, so I'm a pilot, but you see the, um, the I go with the aviation experts. There's always a lot of theories. So, the, with the transponder that you were saying where, they, where it has the, with the radar, you could shut it off. Right, because but you're not going to be sending any messages to the to the uh, to, to the tower or the or any uh, or any other controllers. But you, so if you shut it off, you're not sending messages. But they could they could spot you on the radar depending on what type of radar they have. But the most logical explanation, you know, I'm not going to go with the crazy theories, is that you know it's usually a pilot error. They might have keyed in a different uh, waypoint after they took off. You know, it's night. You really don't really you really don't know where you are in the nighttime if you're not actually like. If you're already setting the autopilot to a to a waypoint, you set it, you forget it. If you think you're but it took right a way, sharp left turn, though. You telling me you didn't? You wouldn't realize that? It, listen, there was plane crashes where I'll give you an example: the Airbus that crashed, uh, the the uh, Aeroflot Airbus that crashed, the Russian Air. I don't know if you know the story with the uh, kids that took over the plane. They were they were the, the pilot's son and daughter, and they were on the, uh, they're on the they're on the seat, and they moved the control yoke to. To left or to right, I think it was right they went, right? But if you move it to a certain uh, amount of uh, force, the autopilot disconnects. These guys were flying pretty much almost vertical at night, and they had no idea. Yeah, but, uh, yeah but I mean, think about it. This, this, they ran out of gas. So they, they would have, the pilots would have realized at some point that they were in the air too long and they weren't over land. Like that to me is not plausible at all, that they didn't know where they were going and the autopilot did something differently. I, I, I don't believe that at all. There's just, there's just no way. But anyway, I recommend it. I would recommend watching it if you've got some time because it is, uh, it is fascinating. It's the biggest airline mystery of all time. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 